Welcome to the Homeschool Together podcast. Where one working mom and a stay-at-home dad help you navigate the nuts and bolts of the growing and dynamic world of homeschooling. With a focus on early learners. Like me! All the ins and outs of building and maintaining your homeschool life. Homeschool! Find out tips and tricks to make things like this easier. I'm reading! And ultimately, enjoy educating your kids. And what's that last thing? Have fun together! Did I do good, Daddy? (laughs) Yeah, you did, sweetie. Good job. Hello and welcome to Homeschool Together. Thanks so much for joining us. If you have a chance, head down into the show notes. We'll have all the links from the interview today, all the references to curriculums and super cool little nichey things that um, our interviewee uh, talked about today. So make sure you head down there. Also, you'll have links to our social media as well as our Gumroad account if you're interested in our around the world journeys. Uh, I think we'll talk a little bit about that today in the mm-hmm. In the interview, we had a first-year homeschoolers. This is one of our favorite things that we like to do is when we do these interviews, specifically talking to first-year homeschoolers. So if you're a first-year homeschooler listening to this right now and you'd like to possibly talk to us about your experience over the last year, year and a half, two years or so, we'd love to talk to you. So feel free to reach out to our email, which is in the show notes down below, or reach out on social media and slide into Ariel's DMs there and... uh, (laughs) And, uh, and send her a message. She'd be happy to get back with you. Today we had our, our first-year homeschoolers interview with Carol. Yeah. Um, Carol has been us, uh, our, our number one commenter. She has a... Um, she always comments on our YouTube videos to give us <laughs> words of encouragement, which always. we super appreciate. Um, and, you know, it's it's fun to, to, to reach out to somebody who's been listening and hear her own experience. You know, this is this is such a formative year, right? That first homeschooling year, she has a, a a child who's in kinder and then another preschooler who's tagging along. Yeah. Great for the, today was really cool to listen to how she manages the two kids. And now that she's got a third, which is kind of a young baby, about a year old, um, really understanding how challenging that is. And I know there's a lot of families out there who are challenged. This will, you know, be a great interview to listen to how she, she deals with it. Yeah. I think everybody tries to kind of Kind of just wing it a lot. Kind of, of cope in the best <laughs> yeah, way possible. Cope, um, yeah. But I think it's it's important that first year, you know, one of the reasons we spend so much time on it, uh, doing these interviews, is because that's just such a it's a t- it's a tough year because yeah. you're still figuring out your style, your kid's style, you're kind of forming your team um, and formulating your strategies and all of that stuff. So it's kind of fun to hear from a first year perspective, especially mm-hmm. when you're new and just stepping in. You know, we've been homeschooling for a few years now and. I remember when we first started, I would have loved to hear interviews of people who just came off of their first year. Yeah. Like, I kind of hated hearing, in, I mean, it, good, good and bad. Like, I love people with lots of experience. But when I was first starting, I kind of hated to hear that the interview of like the 10-year homeschooling veteran mom <laughs> who had four children and who had it all down like clockwork because I felt like that was so unattainable for me. Yeah. So I love the first years because it gives you a glimpse of like, oh yeah, this is doable. This is what their yeah. life is like. They've still found joy and um, spark and creativity and all these things in their first year, even though they're still learning as well. And it, yeah. it gives you a lot to kind of propel you through your first year. So if the, if you're new to homeschooling, this is a great interview for you to listen to. Yeah, that's a, um, that's a great point. I always like that idea that 
you know, if somebody who's been doing something for a long time, they have a kind of, they have that perspective of experience and they end up talking about different things and more nuanced things or um, things that may not apply as much to a first or second year homeschooler who's really just in the weeds and they're just trying to, they're like learning to ride a bike. Yeah. It's like, you know, learning how to ride a bike from somebody who rides in the Tour de France every year right. versus somebody who has been riding for a couple of years. You want to hear more about what they did because it's more applicable exactly. in, in the moment. I love the very experienced interviews. I love the yeah, mix. Too. You I know, do. I mean, yeah. I, because at some point we all need the very experienced yeah. interview. You know, when we talked with Elise Taylor uh, a few weeks ago and she was you know, talking about how to be a better teacher. She was really talking about that nuance. And I really appreciate that kind of experience too. But I like juxtaposing that with the experience of folks who are relatively new and kind of, you know, how they survived and thrived in their first year. So anyway, this is a great interview with Carol. We don't want to take up any more of your time listening to us yap, but uh, enjoy this terrific interview that we just recorded. Hi, Carol. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Well, it is great to have you here uh, as another first year homeschooler interview. We love to hear uh, these interviews. So, you know, get us started. Give us some background on yourself and your family. We are a family of five. My kids are five, four, and one right now. And we started homeschooling because of the pandemic, but it worked out. And now we are going to be homeschoolers for life. Have you, did you ever think about homeschooling as an option? Like what were your impressions, you know, when you first started? I'm from Brazil and homeschooling was illegal my whole life there. Never an option for us. Never crossed my mind. Never, not in a bad way. Just we thought the option was to send the kids to public school. That was the only option. And when my kid turned three, we sent her to the Uh, preschool program at the public school. It was great. And then pandemic hit. And we thought, since I have a background in early childhood education, that it would work for us to homeschool for preschool. (laughs) And here we are. That, I mean, it, it's we've we've talked to so many parents who've had that exact same experience where like they were kind of thrust into it and they didn't really realize it was an option. Um, Did you have a lot of hurdles when you first jumped into it? Like, you know, you know, you were already planning to do something else, but now all of a sudden you had to pivot. Was that kind of scary for you the first time? Or did you just kind of jump right into it because you did have kind of a background in education? No, it was scary. It was kind of terrifying. My first few days, I was shaking. I was so nervous to teach my own kid. And she was a tiny little kid just looking at me like, what's up, mom? But it was terrifying. And I thought, it was because I was, I was trying to be the ho- the teacher at home and not be a homeschooling mom, and that did not work for me. It was so awkward. It was not a good fit for us. <laughs> well, what was that? You know, maybe you can articulate a little bit about like what was that in like an action? Like what did that look like? And then how did you change to be more of an educator or a facilitator? I was basically presenting everything to her and being the one saying, okay, now we are going to do school and here is your workbook and let's sit down and here is how we we behave and doing all the things I had learned that we had to do in a school, uh, in a classroom setting, because that's what I knew. And 
we we don't need to do that as homeschoolers. We can just be partners. And I found after a while that I could just say, look how interesting this is. Oh, I want to read about this. And they would just sit next to me and listen. And I could read something extremely hard to understand that they would sit there and listen because I was presenting as something I had discovered. But whenever I tried to say, oh, let's learn this thing, could be something super simple. They would just not want to do it. Mm-hmm. Oh, and by the way, at the time, I had my daughter. Uh, so when I started this year, my daughter was a brand new five-year-old, but then the three-and-a-half-year-old had to be there with us. Mm-hmm. So she wanted to be there. She wanted to do school, but she was three-and-a-half, so she was not going to sit down and do school. <laughs> no. So you, you have this early childhood education. Was it focused on teaching at like a, an a preschool level or early elementary? Did you, did you actually teach in the classroom or was this just a background education that you had? It was up to kindergarten age that I had my training. I did a little bit of teaching, but very little. I had no experience teaching on my own, just doing my, my internships and uh, learning alongside other teachers. I had to implement lessons. I had to do things, but nothing on my own. So when you first started the homeschooling, um, it sounded like you tried to do school at home. Um, did mm-hmm. you pivot into a certain homeschooling philosophy, whether that's like Charlotte Mason or more of an unschooling model? Did you settle on some type of philosophy that maybe your kids liked? We tried different things and we definitely like Charlotte Mason and living books and and that, but I tend to do a little bit of this and that. So we're more eclectic, I would say. As, as is, as definitely is everyone not, that we interview. Yes. <laughs> I don't yes. think we've interviewed anyone who would not say that they are in some flavor eclectic. And and one of the yeah. things is I, I think it's so possible to be eclectic mm-hmm. now because we have so many resources both online and, and in curriculums that we kind of have, we can have the best of everything if we want it. <laughs> you know, we're always yes. making things whatever we want them to be. So, you know, in embracing this eclectic nature, are there some specific curriculums that you've clued into that you, that really work well with your learners? Mm-hmm. Definitely build your library work for, for us. Some elements of Torchlight have worked. Um, and we do Logic of English, which is, I don't even know how to put that into any type of style, but we do logic of English and we do Singapore math um, and explode the code. So you like more of um, a procedural methodology? Yes. Okay. So you want some, well, and Singapore Mm -hmm. math, Singapore math is very, you know, they, they have a whole teacher's binder. So do you, Mm -hmm. I think you're one of the first people we've talked to who's used Singapore math. Do Mm -hmm. do you like that curriculum? Have you, has your, you know, what is your opinion of that? I love the dimensions math. I don't have a lot of experience with the other ones, but dimensions, I love it. And I tend not to use the guide, but I really love math. I'm really good with math. And during my whole elementary school and high school and all of that, I always help people with their math lessons and always found ways to explain to people in different ways what the teacher was trying to explain. So it's very easy for me to just grab the 
the book open on any page and just teach them and it Mm -hmm. works. And we don't always do the workbook. Sometimes I look at the workbook and I see what the lesson is and I just grab some manipulatives and I just give to them. I give them linking cubes or plus plus or something. And I say, here, let's do this lesson. And we do it. And they don't even know it's a lesson because they're just playing with linking cubes. Absolutely. Um, When, you know, you're, you're doing these curriculums uh, with your oldest and you've got this three and a half year old, I've got a three-year-old now and I know exactly mm-hmm. how difficult that is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> how do you manage that? You know, in the moment, do you like to separate lessons or do you do them together with both of them in the room? How, like I tend to use the nap time in the afternoon mm-hmm. because my three-year-old luckily still naps. <laughs> um, and uh, so I, know lucky. I know it's a miracle. And um, so how do you do that uh, practically in, in the, in the, you know, when you're doing homeschool? My second child does not enjoy naps at all. Stopped really early with naps. I think she was two and a half when she gave up on, no, not even two and a half. I think she was two years old. She gave up on naps and it was hard. (laughs) She does not allow us to do anything without her. She has to be present. She has to participate. She has to have her own worksheets. And she doesn't want me to do something babyish. She wants to do what her sister is doing because she sees it. So I tend to grab the dimensions textbook that my daughter already did and just give to her and say, here, do this page and just open on random pages and tell her something. She's okay doing a different lesson from the same type of book, but not okay if I tried to give her something that is for babies. Okay. So um, I had to do and now, after she turned four, she decided she was going to learn to read. So I had to start her reading. And <laughs> so it, it does take longer. Okay, I think having them so close in age is great, because I can do lessons together, but at the same time, frustrating for them, because the the three and a half year old wanted to be where the five year old was. And the five year old had a hard time understanding why she had five pages to do when her sister did only one and was done. And so that was a little complicated, but doing together was better for their emotional health <laughs> because I didn't have the nap option. So we did that. And, and then when we started, my baby was six months old. In the beginning was awesome. Every time he took a nap, we would do school. And sometimes even when he was awake, we would do things. And then he started crawling all over the place and then walking and climbing. And now we are lucky if we have an hour of free time, <laughs> free from him, you know, to do something. So, yeah. No, I, I can imagine that's very difficult. Were were you are you are you beginning to think about, you know, things for um, you know, in that moment, do you have activities for the the one year old? Do you have things to do? Like how for you know, we were actually joking about this a little bit earlier. I think earlier today we we talked about, you know, how I have to be very quick on my mm-hmm. three year old when she's done with an activity, you know, ten minutes I have with my, you know, if we're gonna homeschool together, do you have mm-hmm. to really pivot fast to entertain mm-hmm. the one-year-old so that you guys can do your work or are you, are you still using the one-year-old's naps as your main homeschool time 
Well, both. Both. <laughs> um, because sometimes he's napping and right when he starts a nap, they start an activity that they are really interested in. Mm -hmm. And I do believe in learning through play. So I don't always interrupt them. Sometimes I do if they are just playing what they play every day. I say, no, let's enjoy the time we don't have little brother with us because now you have my undivided attention. And they are like, oh, okay. But when he's along you know, for the, uh, when, when he's right next to us, I tend to have something for him to do. So I have little things I can give him. I have those little poppers. I don't know if you know the, yep, the little, pop, 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 yep. yeah. So he can play with that. He likes that. I have little uh, activities for him to do. He has his own crayons and thick pencils that he can play with until he starts eating them. Then I move to a different activity, but we try to do things and entertain him and give him snacks and things, mainly things he can do strapped to his high chair, because otherwise he tries to climb on, on their chairs and then it's, forget it. No, no, I remember uh, distinctly using the high chair method a lot when my, mm -hmm. when my youngest was a year old. I, did, I, I definitely remember that. Um, let's, you know, let's pivot just a little bit, like, what does your typical day look like. So when you wake up and you get everyone moving, uh, we know COVID is unique. Um, mm -hmm. Maybe walk us through what your day looks like and how you manage, you know, the three kids. The first thing we do in the morning, they have a glass of milk or something, just a little snack. And we FaceTime with my mother because she's in Brazil and it's the time that works. So we speak Portuguese with her. They practice a little bit. Um, not as much as I, I would like, but we try to do a little bit and we do that every um, school day. And then we do breakfast and I usually try to just start putting things right next to them as they are eating and they just start doing it. And <laughs> so we transition to the worksheets at that time. Then after that, usually the baby goes for a nap um, sometimes they play a little bit and then he goes for a nap during that time. That's when I do the logic of English lessons, the dimensions math, although math, they are both doing something that is easy for them at the moment. So sometimes we just do it with the baby around, but um, if it's something they don't understand or they need my help, we do it when he takes a nap. And that's when I try to get read alouds done because I cannot read a book with him around he will bring me his own books and he wants me to read cars and any book with cars in it. but it's just impossible to read anything else with him around so we do it during nap time then after that it's lunch and and then it's free time we do an activity if they seem interested we watch an educational show um, we try to play outside when the weather allows, but sometimes it's during the, now during the summer is in the morning. So, or end of the day after dinner. <laughs> um, but that's it. That's all we do. We don't, they don't do much because they are so little. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's easy. We get a lot done. And then at bedtime, we do some read alouds, but I don't count that much as part of the curriculum. <laughs> I should, but I don't. So 
you know, you're talking about kind of, you know, how much you do with them and because they're little, were you ever concerned that, you know, you weren't doing enough with them? I know that this is a, a big concern that a lot of first-time homeschool parents have that they're like, you know, this can't be it. Right. I mean, my kids aren't in yeah. school for six hours a day. I must not be doing enough. Was that something that you were afraid of or because of your early childhood background, uh, educational background, you felt like confident in what you were doing, even though it's your first year? Not confident at all. <laughs> I was terrified. I thought I was there. They were going to be behind. So I started writing down every single thing we did, not just the main lessons, but everything. So every fine motor activity, every creative activity, every little thing. And when I wrote everything down, I had so much filling up the pages of my planner that I was like, wow, even though I feel like we did nothing today, we did a lot. And that's how I, I could see it. And my kids on a Sunday, they will wake up and say, mom, can we do school? Mom, can I play on the iPad? And it's always an educational game or something. Mm -hmm. So when I started writing those little things down, I saw that I had nothing to worry about. So I definitely recommend doing that. Any parent who's questioning, just start writing down everything because they do so much. They learn so much, everything. Like looking out the window, you see a bird. What kind of bird is that? Let's look it up. Let's find out. Let's learn more about birds now. And everything can turn into a lesson. Absolutely. Like uh, this week, since we're on the summer now, I've been took them to the park and we're, we're starting to learn local trees. And that's like a big thing that we're doing right now. And it's just going on an hour long hike and we found a bunch of trees. So, I mean, you're right. It's just like, there's learning everywhere. It's amazing. So when you start your day, do you prep a little bit? Do you like look at your plan or do you look at the books that you have to cover for the day and you start to think about, okay, what do I have to learn? Okay. This is what they have to cover. Are you thinking in that way or are you just like, Nope, we're just going to do the next section. Do you do any prep work? depends on what we're doing. We did a little bit of bookshark for a few months. I just needed to try something new. It did work for us, but um, so bookshark has a list of what pages you read and it's very scripted. So I would get all the books on a Sunday, put a, a little bookmark on every single one of them. And then I knew what to do. And then I would just, I never looked at their questions. I feel confident now that I can just open the book, read, and we can talk about it. Um, I did that with Build Your Library too, but Build Your Library is a little more complicated because you always have a different country you're going to. Mm -hmm. And so you you have to have bookmarks um, for everything. You can't just open the, the atlas and read the next section. You have to prepare. So I would do that on on a Sunday, prepare everything. Logic of English was one that took me a little more time because some activities I had to cut paper. I didn't like leaving it for them because then the lesson turns into something that is too long. But Dimensions Math, we just open the book and do the next page. And sometimes she will do two lessons. Sometimes she will do just half of a lesson, whatever she wants to do. If she's fine, I, I'm fine with it. We are ahead anyway, so I don't worry. But I would say it depends on what we are studying. Some things we do just open and go to the next section. 
Absolutely. I, I find the same thing. I, I find with, uh, we do right start math that I've got to, mm-hmm. I've got to look at what we've got to do because sometimes I got to go and collect manipulatives mm-hmm. that are in the box and stuff like that. So, but things like, um, like explode the code, that was just simple. You just do the next yeah. page. It's super easy. Yeah. I agree with you. Yeah. Um, what does your homeschool space look like? Um, do you just use the kitchen table anywhere? Do you, do you, are you in the garage? <laughs> are you out back? You know, what does it look like for you guys? Well, I got the dining room started. I started turning the dining room into a homeschool room. We did use it for a little bit, but mainly we just do the kitchen table because the baby doesn't allow us to go into the dining room. And then the dining room just turned into storage space, I would say, because everything I just put it there because he can't reach so everything goes there we know that game everything is as high as possible well yeah there was there's a a period where everything of any value in our house was at four (laughs) foot level because it was just beyond the tippy toes of the fingers then she started moving chairs and we we were all yeah now now we're sunk now we're sunk but yeah we have gates. gates we have to have gates because he climbs chairs yeah, perfect. Yeah, we 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 don't know anything about that. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's funny. It's funny how everybody always moves to the kitchen table. I know we have this bonus room in our house, and you know, it's really nice to use and it's beautiful and everything. But it always just devolves to the kitchen table. <laughs> I I have dreams. I have I visions have dreams. that we're going to use our beautiful bonus room and get some big tables up there, and you're going to have this space. But while you have a, a you know, we, she's a three year old, but just barely, she's just out of being mm-hmm. a toddler. You know, you kind of just have to work on their level with where they're willing to be and what they're willing to do. But I I have dreams that someday the homeschool chaos will be contained to a single room. Of our house instead of all of our house. Yeah, it's just it might be a pipe dream. <laughs> pipe dream. <laughs> <laughs> it might be. So you know, uh, on the kitchen table when you're doing your homeschool, is there anything mm-hmm. else that you you have that you're like is indispensable? Like you can't live without it. You know, in your homeschool, what is that? What is that thing? Mm. The high chair for the one year old. <laughs> yeah, right now the high chair. <laughs> the Costco I box cannot of function Cheerios. without high chair. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I don't know. I, I think my printer, I cannot live without my printer. I got a new printer when we started homeschooling, not right when we started, like right after pandemic, but when we decided to start kindergarten, I'm like, okay, this is the real thing. I bought a printer and I cannot live without that thing because I print so much stuff. I make copies. They're like, mom, I want to do that coloring page. Okay, let's make a copy. (laughs) <laughs> find some, something online they want to learn about rabbits okay let's find rabbits online where is you know where can i find this and i go to teachers pay teachers or just yep. free stuff online and yeah, i think yeah. my printer I, I i've been using the printer a lot more in the last month or a couple of months with yeah. the, the three-year-old is asking me for elsa pictures for her to color mm-hmm. and the other elsa coloring book doesn't 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 hack it so she wants something yeah. special today we were looking up um uh galadriel uh elven uh images for my, <laughs> my six and a half year old she wanted to do elves and everything so yeah no i, I agree the printer is becoming a, a way more important tool yeah I, i'm surprised how much we use it we have an yeah. eco tank an epson eco tank mm-hmm. we love yeah you have one too yep. yeah we love it um i think because i'm i'm just morally I think opposed to printer cartridges. I'm, I have this thing against them and a bottle of ink that I could just plug in. And, and so far, I'm not sure how many pages
pages we printed on it, but we're on our lot, original yeah. ink, yes. and it's still we're starting, we're starting to lose on like yellow or a little bit. We got to refill. It's always it. yellow. Yellow is <laughs> always the one that goes. Yeah, yellow is the why. first one to go. <laughs> right? I had to buy an extra one of the yellow and then a box of all all of them. We are on the second set already. <laughs> I I print a lot. <laughs> Yeah, it's a, it's a great printer. We'll put a link in the show notes yeah. for folks because yeah. it's it is like indispensable. It so, is. Um, do you, you know when when you were you know we're going to pivot just a little bit into kind of like the preconceived notions of homeschooling. Mm-hmm. You know, did you have anything? You know, maybe before you had kids, or maybe just as you had kids, did you ever think about homeschoolers, or were they just not a you know a calculus in your mind? Like, did you have any preconceived notions that maybe changed? I only had ideas of homeschooling being a faith-based option. To me, that was it. I didn't know about secular homeschooling. And I had a friend in college who tried to homeschool herself. She dropped out of high school and decided to homeschool herself. First book she opened talked about creation, and she's extremely against learning that as part of how things came into being so she closed the book and said to her mom i don't want to do this i want to get a job and then later she got her gd went to college she's she just finished her master's and earned awards and all she's extremely intelligent but she could not deal with that she didn't even look at other options at the time Mm -hmm. so that was all i knew but then right before um the pandemic started, I have a very close friend who has a daughter who is in show business, okay. let's say. So she was being tutored. And then she started homeschooling because she couldn't go to her regular school. Mm-hmm. And then she joined a school that was for homeschoolers, which was amazing. Just hearing about it, I thought, wow, i would never even heard of that. It's a school just for homeschooled kids to go there. Like, wow, that's amazing. And that was the only thing I knew, but she's much older than my kids. And that same friend said, are you going to homeschool your kids? Like, no, are you crazy? That's not (laughs) work. I want to send them to school. I don't want to do that. You know what what you have to do in preschool? You have to do all those sensory bins and things. It's a lot of work. We have yet to do a sensory bin, by the way. Yeah, we haven't done one yet. I've done some, and my first one was a big mistake. (laughs) God, use rice. You will never get the rice out of the cracks from your floor. But anyway... (laughs) I told her I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to teach her how to read. I said, no, my my first language is not even English. I can't teach her how to to read. That's impossible. I don't even know how to. I don't know how to do sight words. I didn't learn sight words in school. That's not how I learned. So I didn't want to have anything to do with it. Because of that, that's all I knew. I knew that in the U.S., you learn English by sight words. And I knew that homeschooling was a faith-based option. Wow. Yeah. And I think, you know, when, when we were younger too, to kind of speak to the, the um, experience of your friend, there wasn't a lot of secular resources available, mm-hmm. even, you know, mm-hmm. if you tried to do when we were in high school, there was not, there wasn't the, the, the breadth of things available. Absolutely. So I think it's interesting, you know, you're talking about English, not being your first language. I think it's a great time to kind of move into 
how how has that affected you teaching your kids to read and and how are you trying to bring in a bilingual education into your homeschool if you are well i think that's why i went for logic of english i think it spoke to me because you've learned all the sounds the letters can make you put the sounds together and you learn to decode words and that to me makes made sense my brain understands understands that because that's how I learned Portuguese. You learn the rules, you learn how to decode the sound, how to, you know, what letters make what sounds, you put them together, you can read anything. Mm -hmm. So that made sense to me. And I started teaching my daughter and it made sense to her too. She's mm -hmm. a very rational person in that sense. She mm -hmm. needs to understand something to do it. So it worked. And I don't know, but now I know I can do it at least. <laughs> and the bilingual part, we're still we're still struggling with it because I feel like they're so little. I want them to have a good grasp on reading English before I int introduce reading another language. So we speak Portuguese, we sing songs in Portuguese. We talk to my mother, we, Uh, try to talk to other people in the family, but not that much. But we don't do a lot that is, how can I say this, like a serious uh, subject for school. It's, it's like, it's not formalized. It's very loose and everything. Yes. Okay. Yes. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I, we've been toying with the language thing because, you know, we, we've, we've learned a bunch of different languages, you know, Spanish, a little bit of German, you had French. Yeah. Um, but like, we're, we're not very good at yeah, that. Yeah. We're not good enough to like use it conversationally. Do, do, you, do you have any um, words of advice when doing, um, trying to do the bilingual element? I've talked to a few parents at our parent partnership who are trying to do that. Do you have any advice for parents who might be trying to do kind of a bilingual environment? How do you do it so that your kids pick up the words and, and all that stuff? Songs are great. Um, and watching their TV shows, if you have, Disney Plus or other streaming services, you can always put audio in a different language or subtitles in a different language. You can do that. Mm -hmm. And that's how I picked up a lot of English was by watching TV with subtitles in Portuguese, but the audio was in English. So I would watch Friends at the time and I could understand them. And I started understanding English a lot more just by watching the TV show. Wow. So if they have a favorite TV show that has an audio in a different language, putting that TV show, a movie, it can be Frozen. My kids love Frozen. I put Frozen in Portuguese sometimes. And then they say, oh, I don't understand what's going on in the movie. How can you not understand? You know the movie by heart. <laughs> you know, <laughs> whatever. But I do that. It's like a fresh experience. <laughs> yeah. They feel like they're watching something completely new. But that helps a lot because their ears start learning those sounds. And before the age of five is the best time to introduce different languages, just the sounds. They don't need to repeat anything. Just let them listen to the sounds because it sticks in their mind and they learn how to make the sounds. It's much more complicated for um, an adult who has never learned Portuguese to make the sound um than it is for a little kid because um uses a, a nasal sound that 
is not used in the English language. Yeah. So little things like that, if they learn just by singing songs, trying to repeat the songs, that helps a lot okay. with any language. It doesn't even need to be the target language, the targeted language. It can be different languages and they can learn a different one in the future. But if you just put audio in different languages, that helps. Well, that's, that's good advice. I like that. I know remember uh, my German teacher in college made us watch the news um, in German <laughs> and, and that, that really helped because it was all kind of at a, like a sixth grade level type of thing. And oh, I guess it, really, it was really helpful for, you know, new, new learners to learn. So that, that's, we're going to have to remember that our girls would like to watch frozen in another language. I'm sure <laughs> just an excuse to watch frozen. It is an excuse to watch yeah. frozen. Yeah. Um, could you, so could you talk a little bit maybe about um, struggles you might've had during the pandemic um, with homeschooling, um, like attention or struggling at a certain subject? You know, did you have some struggles and how did you overcome those? I think not being able to see people was definitely hard. So having to do everything, just the three of us at home, sometimes they would get tired of being just the three of us mm-hmm. and would give me attitude that was the hardest part because I'm like, I get it. You're tired of seeing my face, but I'm all you got. Um, So that was a little hard. I think now that we started doing more things, things have been better. Hopefully they can be even better now that they can get vaccinated. Mm -hmm. So things should get better. I'm trying to think, I don't know anything specific, but I think just, just the pandemic, you could tell that their, their anxiety levels were different whenever we went out and being home was peaceful. My five-year-old was so comfortable being home and learning at home much more than when she went to school. I saw that she regressed when she went to school. A lot of things that she knew already she was like, nope, I don't know. Don't ask me. I'm not going to answer. And now that she's home, she's willing to go to, mm-hmm. to do things. She's more confident. Um, I don't know if that was, any, if that had anything to do with pandemic or if that was just being homeschooled. Well, mm-hmm. I think, I think it was a lot of pandemic. I know our daughter, I think at the beginning, it didn't really affect her as much but towards the end, you could start to see where she was like, I, mm-hmm. I want to go play with my friends mm-hmm. and I can't do that as much. Or a couple of my friends are still locked down. You know, we were lucky and fortunate enough that our preschool that she went to opened back up in 20, the fall of 2020 and stayed open for the entire year. So she mm-hmm. was actually going to school. She had to mask up, but she, mm-hmm. she got to go to school. So she something. got that interaction. And then she started the parent partnership after that. So she didn't really, I don't think, quote unquote, lost a lot. There was a little bit of, you know, close interaction. They were always social distancing. But uh, other than that, she saw a lot of people. But I think towards the end, she really started to feel yeah. the weight of, you I know. think we all did. Yeah. It's important, you know, <clears throat> as as our kids need these social outlets. So now that you're, that we're coming out of things here and things are opening back up, what are you looking forward to doing as social outlets for your kids? Are you looking at like a charter school or a co-op or some meetups or... We have a great homeschool program through our zoo. So they go twice a month and learn about animals and do activities that have something to do with animals, which my kids are looking forward to. Awesome. So we're going to start that in the fall. And that 
goes from September to May, I believe. And now they are doing gymnastics. They are loving it because they can go and play with other kids, even though it's just for the 15 minutes they are there. And we're going to start going to a co-op, but it's just for meetups. It's not a class yet. I haven't been able to find a secular co-op in our area. So I'm not doing that yet. And my plan is for them to also learn, um, learn to swim and maybe find something to do with arts. So I haven't found yet. But <laughs> That's yeah, the plan. It's, it's it's hard finding uh you know the right groups and and things that will work and trying mm-hmm. to cover kind of a wide breadth of bases. We're right in the same position as trying to you know find lots of things for our kids to do. Mm-hmm. Well, this has yeah. been really great. One of the things I'm I'm really curious about. You said at the very beginning of the interview that you originally started homeschooling because of the pandemic, but now you're homeschoolers mm-hmm. for life. Mm-hmm. What is it about homeschool and this way of life that's like has you sold that this is what you're going to do going forward for all your children? Just seeing them learn, seeing how much they thrive homeschooling, you know, in the, in this environment, that was it. Just seeing my daughter be so confident in what she's doing and she's reading. And then she, a while ago, she grabbed a book and read. And at the end, she just said to herself, well, I read a library book and she was surprised and just seeing those things, I can't send them to school and miss out on that. I have to be present now. And it's also great because they can do a lot of things. They can learn Portuguese a lot better than if they are in school all day and tired. They can do gymnastics and the zoo class and arts and maybe join the uh, the theater company doing something they can do those things and not feel like at the end of the day they had no time to play mm-hmm. so just seeing that that was enough for me and then also because i'm brazilian i would like to go visit my mom my family but mainly my mom just having the the chance to take them there any time of the year, not having to think about if they have school or not. I can go when it's off season. So then it's cheaper. We can go, we can stay there two, three weeks. No one cares because they don't have school to go to. Mm -hmm. And my in-laws also live far away. We can go and spend a week there and not have to worry that they have school. So those are the reasons why. Yeah, we love the flexibility. Yeah, I think a, a lot of parents, you know, feel that too. And those, the moments you talked about, we call those kind of our aha moments. Like we, <laughs> mm-hmm. we don't want to miss the ahas, you know, where yes. they, they have those breakthroughs because that's a, a moment too, where maybe they push through and you find there's another interest that you can unlock now yeah. because they've had that moment. If they had it in school, they'd come home and you'd say, how was school? And they'd be like, it was all right. It was you know, good, yeah. and you would be like, did anything happen? Did you, did anything interest you? Like mm-hmm. you don't get those moments of interest, but when you're yeah. there, you see their eyes light up and you go, ah, that was a moment of interest. I'm going to mm-hmm. pick on that, you know, oh, yeah. maybe give them some mm-hmm. more things that might interest them, um, you know, from that. So, Absolutely. yeah. Um, so we're, we're about to wrap up, but we, we always like to ask, um, you know, a similar question to especially homeschoolers, but you know, you just went through your first, your first year homeschooling or second year homeschooling. Um, you know, what advice do you it have for first. those 
first, first, okay. first, first year, first, uh, first year. Pre K didn't count. I I got pregnant. We barely did anything. I just gave up because I was like, this is too hard. Didn't count. <laughs> totally understand. I totally understand. Yeah. So you know, there's there's parent potentially just found the podcast, or they're you know, this mm-hmm. is their they're about to start. What type of advice would you give to those parents? I saw something that said, um, you chose the cynic route. And I thought that was perfect. Like, don't, don't think about how fast the other cars are going. Just enjoy the view. You know, Mm -hmm. don't think about how the kid next door is reading a chapter book at the same age as your kid. Just enjoy their aha moments. Just enjoy watching your kid look and say, oh, cat, this is cat. And you're like, yeah, how how did you get there? I haven't taught you that. And just those little things, just enjoy the moments. And the first year, pay attention to how you, how you behave and how you learn. I think the first year is a, the most important year for you as a homeschooler parent, because you learn how you can do that. Mm-hmm. It's not about how the kids can learn. It's about how you can teach, how you can be their partner, how you can facilitate learning for them and to discover what works and what doesn't work for you, because that's important too. We focus so much on how the kids learn, but then we open a a, a guide and we're like, no, I can't do this. As a homeschooling parent, you're not going to be great at everything. If you're a nature person, great. Take advantage of that. But if you're not, whatever. Someone else can do that. My husband loves being in nature. He can take care of that part. I think that's that's great advice. I think I've had a similar experience that first year or two. It's really, you know, the kids are just they're sponges. They're going to learn so much. (laughs) Yeah. You know, you don't have to really worry about them too much. I mean, sometimes you got to tailor it a little bit, but the first year is really about you. I agree with you on that one. Um, I had to learn a lot about myself, learn a lot of patience, Mm -hmm. learn not to get frustrated. Um, not like keeping up with the fake Joneses that I don't, I don't even know. (laughs) I'm like, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's right. We need to do calculus next year. There's seven. (laughs) No, you don't, you don't need to, you're going at a great speed and it sounds like you're, you got it going. So it's amazing. And how you teach that subject, how, uh, what tools do you find in yourself for, for that part of your job, (laughs) you know, relating that information to the kid, because I can't get an encyclopedia and just start reading to them like, blah, 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 blah. They are not going to pay attention. They are not going to be interested in. So you find your voice, you find the way you can do the funny voices on the read alouds and how you can read an encyclopedia. Like you are discovering that with them. That's what the first year is about. You're, you're finding your voice there. Yeah. Finding the voice, finding your confidence. That was a lot of, I like Mm -hmm. that finding your voice. Mm -hmm. I think there's a, there's a lot of, uh, yeah, there's a lot to that. I'm, I'm kind of thinking of like, the corporate team strategy, right? Like the forming, norming, storming type of thing, right? This is the, these are the forming years where you're, Mm -hmm. it's not just forming yourself as a teacher, forming how your, you know, how your kids learn, how you work as a team, because you and your kids are really a team in your homeschool. Mm -hmm. Whereas I, I feel like in a, in a normal school, it's a very top down type organization, but at home we have so few children. We're, we're a team, like we're in this together. Yep. 
Um, so yeah, I think that that's yeah. really insightful finding your voice. I like, I'm going to use, I'm going to steal that Carol. <laughs> and the, okay. Take, taking the scenic route. That is, that is I like that one great, too. I'm all about metaphors. Everybody knows that's that. right. We, we love a good metaphor. Well, thank you so much for your time today. It was wonderful to get to, to speak with you and hear about your first homeschooling year. Thank you for having me. This was fun. Thanks so much for joining us today and making us a part of your homeschool journey. Please engage with us on social media. Join our Homeschool Together podcast group on Facebook and find us at Homeschool Together podcast on Instagram. We'd love to hear your feedback, questions, and recommendations. Until next time. Happy homeschooling!